0: Welcome to The Healing Arts of Being You. In this episode, Chelsea and Allison sit down with Dr. Thalia Wynn to discuss the science behind manifesting miracles and the innate power of surrender. How we can truly let go and sink further into peace and plenty. You could feel the presence of spirit in the room during this conversation
1: and we are so glad you're here with us now. Well, guys, everybody welcome. This is the Healing Art of Being You podcast. Today we are here with our dear friend, Thalia Wynn and she is gonna share her incredible story with us of trials, tribulations, struggle, and the power that has carried her through it all. So we are super excited to have her, and let's take it away.
0: Yeah, I am so excited to be here. Like, I was telling them before we started recording, I was like, I feel like if we're just going on a date. Yes. And I love that.
2: Yes. <laughs> we do have good dinner dates, though. Yes. We do have good dinner dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Thalia, without further ado, do you mind just sharing a little bit about you know, people don't know, obviously, that you're a PT by trade, that you now have your own practice, your own business, where you're moving more into the coaching world for, like, wellness overall, Um, but just kind of, like, your journey of, like, how you kind of got into the world of PT and then how you got kind of past that into kind of a a further step that you took and just kind of what steps you took along the way to make the transformations that you needed to make in order to be the person that you are today.
0: Yes, my story. This Mm -hmm. is... A really kind of like what you were saying, Chelsea, it's turning trauma and pain into purpose and love and just getting to embrace like your authenticity, who you truly are, which is perfect for this podcast mm-hmm. because this is the healing art of being you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my journey is definitely one of the more that I stepped into my own self and discovered who I was. The more I was able to regulate emotions and step into what I actually wanted to do for my career, so, um, and it is all kind of highlighted with what I've coined as my spiritual awakening, which is mm-hmm. fun. So we'll get to that. Yes. Um, so it starts out like I grew up in one of a home where it was like on the outside, it's like I grew up with all the things I need to be alive, mm-hmm. right? Like food, water, school. All those things. And on the inside, though, like lots of turmoil. I was a very angry kid. I felt like I was parentified at a very young age. And I took all of that anger and put it out into sports. So once I started playing sports, I was just angry on the court and super competitive. I was really good at it. And that's what carried me through school. And then I got to college and didn't have sports anymore. And then I was terrified of the freshman fifteen. Mm -hmm. Is what, you know, so I started just becoming obsessed with weight and I always was so like I was like this 12 year old lanky kid who would be like pinching my skin, counting cellulite, trying to like so confused about the body in general and wanting to be this like little stick figure forever. And so through college getting, you know, interested in fitness and trying to do my own nutrition things, but yeah, doing a lot of wrong things or Mm -hmm. things that aren't so great. Um, and then the PT side of things, honestly, it was as simple as simple and not my dad always told me I was going to be a doctor when I grew up. And so I just believed him. And I was <laughs> like, okay, guess I'm going to be a doctor. So I started on the med school track. Like so many of us do when we start out PT and decided I hated that. And so found physical therapy. I started an athletic training and gravitated towards the physical therapist who worked with the athletic trainers. And that's how I decided I was going to go to PT school. Um, But PT school was also super tumultuous um, in that it's just a stressful time. Like, you know, Alison, and you know, from going to nursing school and everything that I was struggling with came up to like a head, which also correlates with our Saturn return. Um, And so was, I like I had a choice of like deal with it or not, and at that time I chose to not. So I was numbing myself a lot with partying all the time. Um, I was super stressed out with school, but trying to do a good job with my A plus student hat on, mm-hmm. and being an overachiever perfectionist type. So I worked really hard in school to get to where I was, and I'm a great physical therapist. But on the inside, I was still suffering, um, and at. One of my worst moments was coming home from PT school. I was in a really bad relationship. We just broke up and he was actually supposed to help me move, which he didn't. (laughs) So (laughs) here I am with like a house full of stuff that I have to fit in my Jeep. And I'm like, I can only bring home with me what fits in my Jeep. And so I'm like throwing away valuable stuff in the garbage, like a whole printer that still worked. um, Can't take my TV with me. So I gave my TV to my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. We just broke up. I'm like, you can still have this because I can't fit it in my car. And I'm driving home. And then I just unload all my stuff and it's in my parents' living room. And I'm just staring at it. And I'm like, this is literally like, this is all my crap just sitting on the floor. And this is exactly how I feel right now. And during this time, I was also like breaking out a lot and like full body hives and cold sores and like just getting all this icky like body type of stuff as well, just from stress. And that continued on. So on superficial level, I'm great. I just graduated, I'm getting a good job. Um, I work for a large university, it's amazing, but I'm still in this habit of just going out and numbing myself all the time. And then the pandemic hit which dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. it's such a huge turning point for so many of us for so many different reasons mm-hmm. and for me I was blessed enough that it actually gave me the space that I needed to put aside perfectionism put aside people pleasing because no longer was there anybody left to please <laughs> I was like I'm literally by myself and my now um fiance, soon to be husband and I were living together and I was like, it's just me and you, babe. Like we get to hang out in the house forever. (laughs) Just the two of us. Just the two of us. And both of our primary love languages quality time. So Mm -hmm. like that is the best case scenario. (laughs) And so during this time I'm like lighting up where I'm like working a little bit, but then like going to take a walk, working a little bit, doing some yoga, working a little bit, then like stopping work at three PM and Just going out and enjoying the rest of the day. Had time to cook all my meals. So I actually lost weight during the pandemic Mm -hmm. where like I know so many others gained weight. But that was my first glimpse of like my true authenticity. I was like, I'm actually a really healthy, wonderful, kind soul. And I want to be this more. Mm -hmm. And that led me to going into my yoga training where I got certified as a yoga instructor. And after I did that, I went on a yoga retreat. And this is where I actually had my first Reiki experience as well. So I was on the retreat and I got a Thai massage and Reiki done on me. And then I just felt like this pull to go to the beach afterwards. And we were in Costa Rica, it was a beautiful day. And I was supposed to go do a yoga class. And instead I was like, okay, I know. I just feel this pull to go to the beach right now. And so walked down to the beach, sat there, drew a circle around myself for God knows why. I had no idea. And this is before I was starting to get into all the energy work, right? So drew a circle around myself because it felt right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sat in my circle and just started meditating. And after a while, I just felt this like big beam of light just like flow through me and a voice tell me like, it's time now. And it's what I interpreted that it as was it's time to like let that go Mm -hmm. like everything that you've been holding on to all that pain all that guilt all that shame it's time to like turn it into something now and that was like this beautiful permission to just use my pain to help people and to not hide it anymore so like you're perfect as you are even in this even though you're not like what society would say is perfect and it's because of that that led me down the pathway of where I am now and opening up my own business and helping other women be able to see through their their own muck to be able to find the beauty that is their soul and that they're not broken and that um, the way to healing is through this like beautiful self-discovery and self-love and self-acceptance so yeah that's my story
2: Thank you so much for sharing that. That was for for those of you who don't know Thalia personally, there is just this such calming peace about you. Like for you to say like I used to be a very angry person is shocking to me because I met you after this point when like in like the, the first time I met you, I was like she just exudes peace. Like, I don't (laughs) know how you do it. You just like exude like peace and love. And so it's just like, it's just so interesting to hear that somebody who came from such an angry past is feeling so at peace and is able to share that with other people. Cause I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. It's like, I don't, I think when people take a deep dive into their heart and their soul, they don't need millions of dollars. They don't need the big houses. They don't, they, they want to feel at peace and they want to have love within their relationships and the people around them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think, And I think that that a lot of times leads to some awesome side benefits, you know. But in general, it's just like, <sighs> like I just want to not feel hassled all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to feel like everything's an obligation. I don't want to feel like I have to do all of the work stuff and then all of the parenting stuff. And, oh, you can't pour from an empty cup, so now I have to do all of the, you know, self-care stuff. And it's, like, just becomes obligation everywhere. How did you set boundaries either with yourself or with the people around you in order to allow yourself to be in that space of, like, I need to be, I need to be here in my heart and in my mind first before I can go out into the world?
0: Mm, that's such a beautiful question because boundary work is definitely still a work in progress for me <laughs> coming from such a strong like grew up where I thought that the way to be loved was to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. So this is still very much a working progress for me. And I but I think the one thing that makes me grounded is my own personal like meditation practice. And because I start my day almost every day sitting in some sort of meditation where I get to just be with me. Mm-hmm. So whatever your spiritual beliefs are, if you're, you know sitting with God or your authentic self or Buddha or spirit, um, calling that in every morning to help regulate your nervous system is just, something that I continue to rely on. It's like taking a shower for mm-hmm. me. Um, you're just cleansing yourself of all that dirt and all the stuff that's not you so that the real you shines through. Mm-hmm. And so always going back to that authentic place of setting myself up for success by starting my day like that. So that way, no matter else what, no matter what else happens, mm-hmm. at least I've got that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that.
2: Can you speak a little bit? Because I know, like... As a PT, I love yoga for my clients because of the whole mind-body connection. Can you speak a little bit about how you can use yoga as part of this like deep connection to yourself, and how it might be a benefit to other people?
0: Oh yes, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, that is what I'm known for. In my PT practice is pulling in the yoga, and it's as it can be as simple as learning how to move and breathe at the same time you would be so surprised at how many people have no idea how to coordinate their breath with their movement. Mm -hmm. And so simply by doing that, that in and of itself regulates the nervous system. Um, A lot of the times when people are in pain, it's... It's gonna either stimulate your sympathetic nervous system, your fight, flight, freeze response, or it is heightened because your sympathetic nervous system is just on high alert. So yoga is a great way to just stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest, which is gonna help just like calm all that stuff down. Mm -hmm. So I use it in my practice a lot um, in physical therapy wise, just to help people understand that very simple concept through the power of breath and movement. Um, Other ways that I use it, though, is core, so much core in Mm -hmm. yoga practice. And so it wasn't until after I got my yoga certification that I actually knew how to teach people how to use their core. I thought I knew before. (laughs) And then yoga just totally up leveled that for me. So teaching people how to brace appropriately, how to relax appropriately and do all of those things.
2: Well, and I know you're really big into lifting as well. And so do you tend to use a lot of those breathing techniques when you're doing their, like your power lifting and stuff like that too? Or do you use that training in yoga to kind of understand your breath work better in order to assist you with that?
0: Yeah, I would say it's more so of just, um, my core is so strong because of my yoga practice Mm -hmm. that it translates into my lifting practice Mm -hmm. a lot better. Um, Mm -hmm. So whereas like a lot of your traditional like lifters, Olympic weightlifters, they're going to have like this big distended stomach. In yoga, they teach us how to like pull everything in to the center. And so I find that I don't need to wear a belt when I lift versus like a lot of people will train with belts um, to help them learn and give them contact for bracing. And But, yeah, it it is interesting because those two worlds are a little conflicting in the Mm -hmm. way that they teach bracing your core. So, like, one is, like, push out, and Mm -hmm. then one is, like, hold. Um, So I would say it's not as... There's not a, a, that much crossover in terms of the technique itself, but because my body is more bulletproof,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because when I, because of my yoga practice, it makes my lifting easier.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that statement that your body's more bulletproof mm-hmm. from yoga mm-hmm. because I guarantee you that the statement of bulletproof and yoga has not been put together. Not people think when they exactly. think yoga. Exactly. So yeah. how crazy is that? So that has really been something for you that you've been able to, it sounds like, take what you've learned in the different areas and apply them together to create your own practice within your body and then teach Mm -hmm. others, right?
0: Yeah, Um, and that's, like, makes me think of when people ask, like, how to do yoga or like what's the right way, right way to do it or the wrong way to do it. What type of practice should I do? There's a lot of questions people have about getting into Mm -hmm. a yoga practice. And honestly, there is no wrong way to do it. So just like any other movement practice, the point is to move. And then yoga is more of a spiritual practice anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you don't even have to move. Sometimes it's just learning the philosophy and that's enough. Um, So it can be applied to literally anybody Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that is like that's a huge gift when you find a practice that can be applied to literally anyone
2: oh yeah well what I think is so cool about that is like if you think about the general vibe of yoga and the general vibe of powerlifting. They're they are extremes, you know? And it's its really interesting to see that, like, yeah, I start my day with meditation. I'm getting grounded. I'm getting into myself. I'm kind of clearing out all the gook, right? So we're feeding your mind, right? Then we kind of get into the yoga practice where it's like, I'm making my body stronger because I'm having an increased awareness of what I'm actually doing within my body. I'm not just throwing my limbs around. I'm focusing on what I'm doing, and I'm using the breath to integrate into this movement, which has helped bringing in my nervous system system. and that's more of the you know kind of more feminine side of things That's just more in touch with yourself but then we're still bringing in the very impressive level of strength like people go out and look at her instagram this girl lifts heavy Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) like you're bringing in this really powerful strength that would historically be seen as masculine and i would say yoga could i think historically be seen as a more feminine movement but it's not really because there's lots of masculine components to it and People who are more feminine need to be very strong as well. But it's a really great, beautiful balance that you have of this, like, flexibility of mind, flexibility of connection with your nervous system, and just pure strength that is stronger because you have these connections. And I think that it's just a really, really cool mix of, like... How we don't really want to pigeon self, pigeonhole ourselves into one specific type of movement because it's not how we move within our day, you know. And just saying how there's there's no wrong way to have a yoga practice. That there's no wrong way to move our bodies. There's no wrong way. We just need to be in touch, and we need to move, and we need to do, and we need to be aware of how we're doing that.
0: Yeah, you said that so well. Um, better than I can. <laughs> but you're so right and that's where like when people are having a hard time understanding like where to get started in their own wellness journey mm-hmm. it's really simple find something that you like to do find something that makes you feel good mm-hmm. and that's what drew me to yoga is because of all the turmoil that was going on in my mind that by the end of my yoga practice all of that was gone and with lifting, it was more of just, like, I appreciated the results of, like, when I lift really heavy, I feel really strong. I can go up a million stairs and mm-hmm. not feel winded, which feels freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you, like, my body changed when I started lifting really heavy. So, like, it's interesting. Some patients who are really focused on their own body types will, like, point out my body type like I had one patient one time where she was like just tell me what to do to look like you
2: <laughs> and I, I was want like that, what <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I mean I'm, I <laughs> wouldn't like I'll turn down that pdf <laughs> if you were sending it out like hey this is what Thalia <laughs> exactly. does I'd be like all like, right subscribe like, got that. it, it. Look it. Look look my like. thank you <laughs>
0: uh, which is fun to joke around with but that is part of what I am really passionate about helping women mm-hmm. understand is like just like there's no wrong way to move, there's no wrong way to look. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, especially women, have this deep-seated thought of like, I will only be happy when I look a certain way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I don't look that way, I'm going to be unhappy. And the fitness industry has created a billion-dollar industry mm-hmm. off of this simple Struggle that women specifically have. Um, I think not to trash anything specific, but like, you know, those like ab trainer belts mm-hmm. that like just buzz your abs, and then like the diet tease. Yeah. You know, there's just been fad after fad after fad to try to directly talk to women specifically about this issue, mm-hmm. telling them that like you need this in order to look this way so that you can feel happy. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately, that's just so backwards, Mm -hmm. and so that's part of the work that I do now. Is so like when that person is in front of me and is like, "Tell me how to look like you," I'm like, "Hmm, "How about we talk more about like what what is your ideal body type?" Mm -hmm. Because it's also totally okay to care about what your body looks like, Um, because that's the other half of what I see is okay, well now I'm feeling really guilty because I care about what I look like. And I've definitely been there Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I step on the scale and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, dang, 158 today. Mm -hmm. I really wish I was 155. You know, like you catch yourself in those Mm -hmm. thoughts. Um, And that's okay too, because inside of our brains, we all have this little like image of who we actually are in, in terms of like the physical, what we look like, um, but also like how we act, how we present um, and how we feel and this is all our like ideal self Mm -hmm. and when we aren't acting in accordance to that or we don't look like that there's conflict
1: Uh
0: um so part of what I do with women now is like I tell them like you can have your cake eat it too and still lose 10 pounds (laughs) right there's a way to do that um so that you can care about how you look and realize it's not the thing holding you back from being confident in who you Mm -hmm. are um I know that was (laughs) really No, no that. that was perfect, <laughs> perfect. and it I appreciate
2: beautiful. you sharing that because I think I think that is one of the things that I have noticed as well. is I think there has been so much awareness on there are different body types out there. You don't have to have the specific body type in order like embrace your own body type. So I think there's a lot of people out there both you know men and women who are like trying to just embrace what their body type is, but that conflict of years and decades of conditioning that they're trying to work mm-hmm. through. So then there's this sense of, like, feeling guilt or shame that they even care because I shouldn't even care about this. I'm stronger than I used to be. I'm making mm-hmm. I'm making better food decisions. I'm getting better sleep. I still look the same, and I hate looking at what I'm seeing in the mirror right now because I'm not seeing the changes that I want to be seeing. Mm-hmm. And it's like it can be really, really hard for people. I see this a lot with my postpartum people who have, like, a sizable diastasis, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, you know, We're working on everything like that. They're getting a lot stronger. They can do everything they want to do in their daily life, and they're still unhappy with what they see in the mirror because sometimes structurally, like, you can be very strong and, like, you still don't have the look that you want to have anymore just because the tissue changes that happen during pregnancy and, and everything like that. And then they have this level of, like, guilt because well I shouldn't feel badly about how I look right now. I'm a mom. I know I should love my mom body, and I know that I'm I can carry my toddler you know in a football style carry through the through the grocery store as my baby's screaming like I can do these things now and I couldn't before. I should be grateful for that. And there's still that disconnect, and they're like you know feel that guilt and shame for wanting to have the abdominoplasty or things like that, or they'll be very reluctant to share that they've had an abdominoplasty because that means that they're they're weak or whatever story they mm-hmm. were telling themselves. And it's like no you have to understand but like you're still allowed to want to love what you look at in the mirror you're still allowed to want to identify with what you see in the mirror if you've looked a certain way your whole life and then now all of a sudden you don't there is this sense of like who is this person looking back at me Mm -hmm. and it's like you may functionally be able to do all the things you want to do and you still don't have the look you want to have and if that means that you can't associate with the person that you're seeing in the mirror and you've worked through it from a psychological standpoint, you know, there's no bigger psychological issues that need to be handled here, then, like, there's no shame in, like, wanting to have help with that. Like, that's not... doesn't make you a weak person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a vain person. It's that I want to be able to recognize the person I see in the mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you kind of touching on that conflict because it is something that's not really addressed very much. It's just, no, we should totally accept absolutely everything about us. Well sometimes it's okay to not
0: yeah yeah that's been like um any extreme right is Mm -hmm. you know i think people make out movements and things to be extreme when most of the time the truth is in the middle but i think specifically about like the body confidence movement um which gets misunderstood a lot because people think that exact thought of like oh body confidence means that i have to accept the size that i am and feel defeated by it meaning like well i shouldn't just i shouldn't even try anymore i should just be happy as i am and the truth is yes feel happy as you are and you can still work towards a different body type if that's important to you Mm -hmm. you also get to choose if you want to care or not Mm -hmm. and but the truth is is that the body is just a reflection of what's happening on the inside and when we start when we start to look at these issues from the inside out the outside just addresses itself eventually. Um, it's just that most of the fitness industry as it stands is addressing these issues on that superficial level of like, let's give them the diet and the exercise and the things. But calories in and calories out, it's not that simple when it comes to weight loss. Um, calories can do lots of different things in lots of different bodies. And the power of the mind is, it trumps all of that. So... One of my favorite analogies to try to walk people through, whether I'm talking about pain or weight loss or literally anything, is I'm like, your body is just a meat suit. Mm-hmm. Like, you are not your body. That's what I body.
2: call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you're just a spiritual being in a meat sack. Exactly. Yeah. You just don't like the way your meat sack looks right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. And creating that like separation, it's like three levels of separation, just helps people see like, oh yeah, this is just a body mm-hmm. that my soul is living in and that we are all these conscious beings um and we are not our bodies Mm -hmm. and once someone can get to that realization through lots of different methods to get there Mm -hmm. oh it's so freeing Mm -hmm. it just creates so much freedom Mm -hmm. and when you let go of like needing and desire to like i have to be this way in order to be happy once you can surrender to that, well, guess what? That's when the magic happens, and then you actually get the thing that you want in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is manifestation, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love as that. you guys do know. Yes. Yes. Amen.
2: You know who's the best at manifesting? My middle. Oh yeah, he's the. I, I've never seen anything like it. He um, had two broken thumbs recently at the same time, like a week apart.
0: I also need to know how that happened <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> through soccer, which is like not a normal a situation. It's like right. Thumb, That's not it's like... Work, you know? No. He, like, one time he fell and the ball ricocheted off the wall at the same time. So it was, like, a downward force and, a, like, an inward force. And so he, like, broke through his growth plate. And then a week later, I think he, like, collided with people or something. And But, yeah, he was, like, in a splint on one side and a cast on the other. And he looked like a raccoon whenever he tried to open a door. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, I felt badly, but it was also funny. Um, but... He was like he had to follow up with the doctor after like 2 weeks or 3 weeks or something like that and he was like um he was like well I'm I'm going to go and I'm going to get my cast removed and I was like well that's that's not how physiology works like bones take 6 to 8 weeks to heal like blah 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 and um he was like no nah, they're going to take them off and I go Lucas I I just need you to understand um that's not going to happen they're not going to take these off because that's not how bones heal like that's just based in science this little stinker goes in and the doctor's like yeah they look great i was like he just manifested faster bone growth like what that's i'm like doc here's the thing you got to keep the cast on him because i told him he wasn't gonna be wrong wrong here. (laughs) but yeah so he he had him off and i was like are you kidding me oh my gosh what a that little stinker. It's so funny.
1: I mean, I've had a client too. I've had a client with the same situation, the same broken bone, very much wanting to avoid surgery, deciding to take the inward mm-hmm. self-healing rest rest and digest modality essentially, and then went to the doctor 2 weeks later and they were like, "You're good. good." Yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah, what science will say, like, miraculous healing, which uh-huh. it is a miracle, oh, but absolutely. people think that miracle means, like, woo-woo, not uh-huh. proven, not scientific, not right. whatever, and I'm like, no, the mystical is just as scientific as the rest of it, we just haven't explained it yet, uh-huh. or the science is being done, just nobody talks about it. Yeah,
2: I love that you just brought that up, because I have people who will, I feel like we see this a lot in the PT world, where people will, like die on the cross for a certain for or against a certain treatment method because it isn't proven in research or it is proven in research, right? And here's my thing about that. I'm on the soapbox for like two, sec- two hot seconds here and then we can move on. But like, here's my thing about research. Yes, I think research is important. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of really good research being out there and I think research helps spur ideas, which I think is the most important thing is that we're continuing to have ideas about things. Here's my problem with research. If we have something that's considered fringe or alternative or unexplainable or whatever, people want to throw that out completely because it's not proven in research. And all I want to say is like, listen, folks, it's not proven in research because our our puny little human brains can't figure out a way to measure this in a way that makes sense to us And to measure what's actually happening. That doesn't mean the thing doesn't exist. That means that the human technology hasn't caught up yet to explaining why the thing exists. There are so many things that we know in PT work and they're not proven in research. We like, you know, there's research that supports it. There's research that's against it. There's people that will like just battle and battle and battle about whether or not cupping is helpful. Dry needling is helpful. Traction is helpful. Manual therapy is helpful. All of these different things, right? People will debate this until the end of time. And that's fine. But if you work clinically and you do these things and people get better, how can we say that it doesn't work? It might not work for the mechanism that the study was testing but that doesn't mean that the entire intervention doesn't exist. So when we look at when you're talking about kind of the manifestation side of things, we can't test that yet, at least not to my knowledge. Maybe maybe there's researchers out there who can, but just because we don't have the human-developed scientific ability to test something does not mean it doesn't exist.
1: Sorry, you. No. there's my soapbox. <laughs> I love that soapbox. I think it's so accurate because it's true. It's, it's this sense of when we talk about miraculous healing, we often give human beings the credit for creating us. And I don't know about you, but I haven't met the human being who created (laughs) the rest of us. So, like, the... I find comfort in the idea and the knowledge that there is a greater power out there that knows all the things and that has the blueprint that created us. And so miraculous healing doesn't come from a person. It doesn't come from a human being. It comes from the power above and that means that we're not always going to know how it happened. We're not always going to know the cause Mm -hmm. that contributed to that effect because human beings have a vision that is much smaller, Mm -hmm. right? It's much more what did I just do that then created this outcome whereas the higher power is like Actually, it took a thousand other things for that one <laughs> blade of grass to grow for then you to pluck that blade of grass and then blow and make the whistle, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's, it's truly, it's like, I tell my clients all the time. I'm like, I can't take credit for the actual things happening within your body. It's above me. Mm-hmm. It's above me. And I'm appreciative of that because when I don't try to control it, mm-hmm. it leaves an opportunity for healing that isn't of the mind and isn't symptom-based. It isn't based on fixing the thing. It's based on the power and the healing and the natural love and compassion that is there that they have for their bodies and then rewards them. hmm as such, I can't. The, the ending is not there, but you know what I'm saying. Because words are hard. Words are hard. Words are
0: hard. <laughs> what I let me. I can. I can kind of summarize that. Thank last you. Part Go. For you. What Take it away. Yes. It's just what you're speaking about is like love being the three line of like, and love has nothing to do with this exchange between people. It's just always there. It doesn't know time. It doesn't know place. It is doesn't know person. It's just it just is mm-hmm. and. You know, you can call it God, love, oneness, whatever you want, spirit, all of that is just, it all comes down to that energetic feeling of love Mm -hmm. um, and enlightenment. And I think that's kind of what you're describing. Yes, absolutely.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think people can see that in in a natural basis. Like, as, like, woo-woo as it sounds, people are like, oh, my God, love fixes everything. You know, like, Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear it. And I get that. But, like, if you think to an experience that you've had where you were with somebody who like a friend that you haven't seen in a long time somebody even super close to in the level of like your heart just feels like it's going to explode cuz you are so happy and you and you feel like you could take on the world in that moment mm-hmm. you know or like If you've ever had a child before and the first time you hold your child, you're just like, oh my gosh. Or like when you're standing up at the altar next to your spouse and you're getting married and you're just filled, I'm getting goosebumps right now. You're getting filled with this like sense of like, this is such a powerful feeling. This is such a powerful emotion and you know, based on the person's face across from you, they're feeling the exact same thing. And you look around at the people around you and anybody witnessing this is feeling the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. right? That's that vibration of love. So it's like, yeah, it does sound crazy, but it can start from within and it permeates and we can utilize it from what's permeating. We can pull it into us from other people and share it. And it's not a limited resource. It is a limitless resource that all of us can have from within us if we continue to start working on You know, the the meditative state, the clearing the junk out, making more space for love, being more easily able to see it, taking care of our bodies so that we're not dealing with the chronic pain, which is taking up all that mental space that we can't even function in our lives. You know, like it is very much a limitless resource that all of us can utilize to just Mm -hmm. elevate everything.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Allison, you're
2: glowing right now. It's (laughs) the love, guys. It's (laughs) the (laughs) love. It's the love. Uh,
0: So, what you were talking about, and, like, love being the through line and how people think it's so mystical and, like, how that stuff's not really being studied, I just want to point the audience to the fact that some of this research is being done. So, for all of the science nerds out there who Mm. want to dive into some of this research, like, I wanted to, um, there's a really great person called Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you've ever heard of him, and he does a lot of research with manifestation work and these miraculous healings of like, literally takes people's cells and is like doing brain scans during his retreats where people are going through these massive changes. And can see cancer heal within 24 hours, can see all of these crazy things that you never would have thought happened. So if anybody is interested in that, I would point them to go look into his research. Mm-hmm. And then the other person I want to mention is Dr. David Hawkins, who has passed away now but wrote these really great book series um, that I'm currently working through now. But he talks about how he studied energy and mm-hmm. consciousness and how he, through lots of research came up with all of these energetic numbers, um, of like what each consciousness level corresponds with energetically. And so like, like the, the frequency level, the frequencies, yeah. right. oh, gotcha, so gotcha, like gotcha, Energy has a frequency just like anything else that's kind of tangible, not changeable. Right. And I could go into a whole nother talk about like why manifestation works because of quantum physics. So it's like please do. So go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Please do. Go. Okay, yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when we think about an atom, in old like Newtonian physics used to think like it was this solid thing like a ball that you could bounce it's like it's in a little atom right but actually atom is mostly nothing so it's like 99.9999% energy space nothing and like tiny little bit of something and there's this thing called the observer effect where through a person physically looking somewhere the atoms physical particle will appear and so that literally means that you have control over what you see What you hear, what you do, the things that physically manifest in front of you, because of this observer effect. Um, Also, because this energetic space is like nothing; it it knows no time, and so it can like you know basically like time warp because there's no such thing as time. Time is made up construct. Um, (laughs) Yes, our bodies physically go through this place of like being born, growing up, and and then dying or decaying, um, but that is not like the world right that's just the human experience so like what you were talking about earlier chelsea about like we're so limited in this human experience and it keeps us small and our perspective well atoms in general are not like that Mm -hmm. so that is why manifestation works is because you can call in something that hasn't happened yet in your physical time and space but because you're pulling in that energy you're laying yourself underneath it to receive it um that it's already happened somewhere, somehow, because you've made it so, because of the observer effect. So, so that's kind of like,
2: so it's kind of like when you're, like, um, if you, like, kind of have this idea that you're like, you know what, I don't want to get a new car. I think I, like, would love to have, like, a, like a, I don't know, a black Jeep generic, right? But then all of a sudden you start seeing black Jeeps, like, everywhere. And it's like, oh my gosh, everybody's got a black Jeep right now. When really, you just, like, hadn't ever thought about it before, so you never really noticed it before, and now you're starting to see more of that, and then you're starting to, like, bring that into your world more, exactly. right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. it's classic example of, nice. like manifestation and why it works. It's just people get confused because we have all of this conditioning around what we're supposed to have and not have, Mm -hmm. and we manifest from our subconscious. So that is why, too, like, you can't just say, like, I want a million dollars and then a million dollars manifests in front of you. It's because, well, you don't actually believe that that's possible. Right. So you have to see to believe. Your subconscious has to feel safe enough to Mm -hmm. call it in. And so there's real work you have to do around it, um, which is why manifestation gets a bad name, because people assume when you say like oh I manifested this experience they're like well that just means you sat around and talked about it and didn't do shit yeah. <laughs> and like no that's not true you actually mm-hmm. did a lot of work to get what you wanted and yeah. or people on the flip side will be like I worked so hard to get this thing Was like of course you did and you manifested it mm-hmm. like even if you don't want to admit you did like right. your subconscious saw to believe that it was possible yeah. and then you took the actions that aligned with the energy that you were in to receive that gift
2: yes that's the thing is that people think you just need to say the things and it was what is the terminology called where it's like there's a reason why there's a delay there because if you if you literally just received the things that popped into your mind oh my, can you imagine how terrible that? people mm-hmm. think of some pretty bad stuff Absolutely. especially if you're like in a state of anxiety like you're going to call in some pretty bad stuff in your life if there wasn't a delay like if there needs to be true intent behind it true Mm -hmm. consistent thought behind it thought about the actions and then it's like you start kind of seeing things like if you wanted to let's say you wanted to make a million dollars in a year right and that's like what you want to do right And you're really focused on like clearing out your mind, being very intentional about this being your your world and all that kind of stuff. And you are intentionally taking the steps that you know are helping you within your own life to make that money. You're going to start seeing new ideas of revenue generating streams. You're going to business opportunities are going to present themselves to you that you would not have seen historically because you would not have been open to Mm -hmm. them. The 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 opportunity may present itself, but you would be still stuck in the well. No, I have my nine to five job and I I don't have time for that. Right. Well, now if we change that construct of, like, I want to make a million dollars this year, right? Now you're starting to see things in a different light. Now you're starting to call in those opportunities. Now you're able to do something with it. Where if you're like, I'm going to make a million dollars and I do nothing with it. Well, now, like, nothing's going to happen, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just wishful thinking. Wishful thinking versus Mm -hmm. manifesting, which Mm -hmm. is a very different situation. And the delay is a good thing because we don't want to be calling in our intrusive thoughts. We don't want those popping up as, like, (laughs) the things that are happening in our life.
1: I think that the intrusive thoughts too is something that people take for granted. Mm-hmm. They're they they do not identify that that intrusive thought, that narration, you're creating a reality mm-hmm. right there. So if you have this narration going through your head of I'm bad with money, I suck with money, I can't save money, I never make enough money.
2: Mm-hmm. Or the identification with the disease. The I am disease. this disease. Mm-hmm. I have this. You know, we were talking mm-hmm. about with Caitlin absolutely. owning it. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. It's like, my
1: anxiety. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just
2: my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or, I'll never lose this weight. I've always been this way. I've done everything I can, all that kind of stuff. The ownership of those things, your perception becomes your re- reality. you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. Like I don't if I'm working with somebody, I don't have to believe, if I'm talking to somebody, I don't have to believe that their experience happened. That's not for me to believe. I believe that they believe. That their experience happened. And that's all that matters because their nervous system is very much going to respond as if that experience happened, whether it did or it didn't. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Your perception is your reality. What you think is going to happen is going to happen.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just want to add the caveat just for everyone listening that that doesn't mean that you create the trauma in your life, that there are these certain things that happen to us that are totally out of our control. And um you never manifest trauma that's not mm-hmm. the universe is this loving body that just wants mm-hmm. to call you into your authentic self and your whole worthiness and so i just think that's an important caveat yes. also to add is like things happen to us but most of the time we can make it so that life is not happening to us it's happening for us mm-hmm. um and it's there for and you know everybody can create meaning out of out of things and sometimes it's just karma like and it's not your karma specifically but it could be like Generational trauma coming into play. Of course, there's systematic injustice that mm-hmm. plays a role, and so when people think about manifestation, and then they're like, "Well, how do you explain then, like Hitler, like mm-hmm. having the top of his day, and or like how do you explain poverty, and how do you explain um, all these bad people who get great things?" Was so like, well, first of all, there's just things we can't control, and secondly, like people are put in these positions for certain reasons that maybe we don't understand. Um, and that never means that, like, anything that is pain or shame or guilt is that you created it in your life. However, it also means that you have the power to change it always. Because you are always in control.
1: Choice. Mm-hmm. So the power of choosing, right? People, the people, Hitler, people who have not chosen to do the thing or to adopt that mindset or that lifestyle – It's about choice. And so when you have the same opportunity, when you're in the suffering, right, it's about being able to choose to stay in the suffering or see that this suffering is happening and that there could be something that you could benefit from on the other side of the suffering, that there might be something even better. Mm
2: -hmm. And in
1: our practice, what we've seen is that it is better. That on the other end of that struggle is actually what you were wanting to receive in the first place. Mm
2: -hmm. It's actually what you desired. Mm -hmm. I think so many people think that they're unhappy with where they are because they think they need to have the things. And when they start to kind of work through some of the mindset work and some of the trauma that they've been through in the past and all that kind of stuff, they end up actually being incredibly happy in the life that they're in. Because they didn't realize that that was the stuff that they wanted the entire time. They did call that into their life, but they weren't able to appreciate it the way that they are now able to appreciate it once they were able to get rid of all the muck that was clouding their vision Mm -hmm. with all the things that they either had been telling themselves or that had been told that this is what they needed or didn't need.
0: And what you're describing, Allison, is surrender. <laughs> I like wrote it down and like underlined it twice. <laughs> and that is that is the magic space of like when you call something in. The most important part is then to let it go mm-hmm. and totally surrender to where you are. Surrender to it's okay if I get this thing. It's okay if I don't get this thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it sounds counterintuitive. But as soon as you do that, that's when the thing that you want comes mm-hmm. into place. So, and and it's not, you can't fake it. You can't say like, well, I don't actually care if I make a million (laughs) dollars. But in the inside, if you're like, I really care, I really really need that money. Like that's desire energy. And that's not, that's not how you manifest. You have to be above the level of courage to manifest and desires below that level. If you look into David Hawkins work and yeah. So surrender is what Mm -hmm. you're describing. And that's such a beautiful and the key to anything. So if you heard Mm -hmm. anything today from, from this talk and like hearing me, it's like, like if you do nothing else, surrender.
2: Mm-hmm well it's so funny because I have like a practical application of that literally within the last 24 hours I was working with a patient she's getting ready to go travel to go visit a family member and she has to go on a plane for this and she's very nervous about this because she has some bowel issues and she's just concerned about oh my gosh I'm at the airport and, and I'm, I'm trying not to carry a ton of luggage I'm going to try and do a carry on bag but I'm t- I tend to be an overpacker because she has a lot of fear associated with this and one of the things that she thought might be helpful was doing like the t- paying for the TSA pre-check I think it was mm-hmm. um, so she She like went and she had her appointment and she was, you know, the person there was like super kind about it and everything, but they were like almost closing or something. Like it was like a last minute thing that she was able to like get in last minute. And she was like, you know, the lady was super nice and she goes, you know, I wish you the best of luck. It usually takes whatever the length of period of time is and she was going to be traveling in a shorter period of time. And so they're like, you might, it might not come in on time. And so my patient was like, you know, I was... I was bummed, but you know, quite frankly, I didn't even know this was a thing. When I found out about it, I thought, hey, this would be super great if this happened. But I have confidence in myself that I'm going to be able to get there without this. It would just be a nice perk. But if it doesn't end up happening, what's meant to happen will happen. And if I don't end up getting it, maybe it's because I'm intended to challenge myself a little bit more here. You know? Mm-hmm. She sends me a message that night. I just got on my computer to schedule a couple appointments and I saw this email and it already went through, like within a 48 hour period, you know? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, that right there is yeah. the surrender. I'm Absolutely. like, way to let go of those expectations and just put it out there and then leave it. Mm-hmm. And it just came right back. And so it was just such a beautiful, like, instantaneous moment of like, yeah, like this would be great, but if it doesn't, I'm going to be okay because there's a reason why it won't. You know? There's something I'm intended to learn from this if it doesn't happen on time. So mm-hmm. um I love that
1: option or that that example yeah. is phenomenal of having that real time. Like she's like, I this is really gonna help me. I think this is gonna help me. How often do we hear clients and patients who are like I know this is going to be it. I know this is yeah. going to be it. I know this one thing; it's mm-hmm. going to make it all okay. Mm-hmm. And then that one thing doesn't. <laughs> plot twist. Yeah, it doesn't. No, no. And so it's 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 more so about the nervous system mm-hmm. and how like when we say surrender, right? Um, it's 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 also like being open minded and not reacting, mm-hmm. reacting to what has happened and. Opening yourself up to that not always being a doom and gloom moment. Mm -hmm. Everything that quote unquote doesn't work out for you might be actually not working out for you. Exactly. You know, but if we don't open our minds to that, we're cutting off whatever the universe wants to bring us instead that would have been better or more fitting for us.
2: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Thalia, I have one last question for you. So you dropped a bomb on us with the surrender like this, Is if you take nothing else away, <laughs> this is what it is. Um, is there anything, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I think I am more open to this whole mind-body connection and how this whole system is working together and how I can kind of move from this place of overwork people-pleasing, perfectionism, exhaustion, anxiety state, and really just love the life that I have without just sitting here in front of the mirror and telling myself, I love my life, I love my life, and you're like, no, you don't. Um, You have that person. What is one takeaway from today that they can implement, like one practice they can implement today that could start them on that journey?
0: Oh, I love this question. And I am going to point back to the the surrender practice because Mm -hmm. it's so easy Um, in theory, right? It's, it takes, it's practice like anything else, but this is something too, that I'll credit to my business coach too, who helped teach this concept Mm -hmm. to me, but also through, for all my reading nerds out there who want to read letting go by David Hawkins. This is the letting go process that I've worked into my own life and I teach it to clients all the time, but essentially you just pick any number of time you can pick two minutes if you want to. And Sit wherever you are and just feel whatever it is so it can be and you don't have to label it or name it or like be like oh I'm feeling this because and then give all the little like shoulds and coulds and whys of like why I'm feeling the way I feel nope just let those go every time they pop up just be like, cancel. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're just entering. Think about thoughts that come into your brain when you're in the middle of this process of what you're feeling as just like data that's being inputted and you get to choose accept or delete. It's that simple. So like something comes through, you're like, "Mm, yeah, accept that one. Nope. Delete that one. And just simply send it away. So use that visual if you want it. Um, but set your timer for two minutes and just sit with yourself and see what comes up. Do that every single day for two weeks and let me know what happens.
2: I'm excited. That's really helpful because I think I think people can find two minutes in their day. I don't think a lot of people can find thirty minutes in their day, you know? So like when you hear people like, Oh, you need to go meditate and this and that and you hear these big long practices to know that you can make massive changes within two minutes a day. I mean, that's huge. Everyone, you know, go pretend mm-hmm. you're taking a dump, guys, and just go sit on the toilet for two minutes. I that's literally to do, do that
0: at work,
1: yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I go like, no, no, I'm going to go to the, the bathroom. Way. I need to go surrender for a second. This is the only safe place. <laughs> yeah. You're like, nobody can come in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hide.
2: Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Chelsea, do you have any other questions? Oh my God. Okay. Thalia, thank you so much for all of your time today. Where can people find you if they are like, um, talk to me more about this or I have questions about that, or I want to see this girl lift some heavy weights, where can people find you?
0: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Thalia Love with two E's. So it's T-H-A-L-I-A-L-O-V-E-E. Um you can also email me, especially if you're interested in working with me. That would be the best way to contact me. It's thalia.win at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you'll put that in the show. Oh, yeah, so you can have the link there and find me there.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. Um to everybody listening today, please, please, please share this episode, um, across everywhere so, so that people can kind of understand how that mind body connection works. They can have, you know, actionable steps right at this moment today that we can start making some progress and just really start opening minds and feeding the soul and healing the body so we can elevate our entire community. We love you all. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much. Yep. Yay. Mm-hmm.
0: thanks for coming along with us for this beautiful connection if you've enjoyed listening today leave us a review and tell us what you took away from it and what you'd like to hear about next be sure to check out the show notes below for more information about Thalia and the incredible work she is doing with her practice find us on Instagram, check out our YouTube channel, and join our Facebook community to follow along in expanding our understanding of healing and transformation. Until next time, we wish you love and light.